Hey everybody, Brian Goulet here, as well as Drew Brown. Hey. And uh, <laughs> I gotta say, it's good to be back in the saddle here, Drew. We have, uh, we have a new show that we're trying out, sort of merging the old Q&A and right now and right time and various, you know, writing pun related named long format videos that we've done. Uh, truth be told, we thought about doing a show like this for what, at least the past year, Drew? Yeah, um, I mean, we've been talking about it for a while. It never really panned out yeah. until it just happened three days ago. We were just like, yeah, let's do it now. We were like, I'm sick of I'm sick of waiting. Let's just make it happen. So we hope that you all really enjoy this. This is a new format that we're going to try out. We aspire to do it very regularly. But with COVID life and all the things that are happening in early 2021 as we kick this off, we just don't quite know <laughs> what we're going to be able to commit to. But, you know, like most things that we've done here at Goulet Pens, we are... Uh, going to build the plane as we fly it, so to speak. So that's exactly what we're doing. So this is the show yet to be named, um, basically where fountain pens are still a thing. Uh, it's our new regular fountain pen show where we're gonna talk about what's going on in our lives, what's going on at the Goulet Pen Company and just in fountain pens in general. We got ideas for different segments we can do, education, entertainment. Uh, basically, we just want to hang out with you all and give you something entertaining to watch. Um, we also aspire to turn this into a podcast. Haven't quite figured out how to do that yet, but we are aspiring to do it. We feel like we're like 80% there. Um, but anyway, be on the lookout for that. We might do an audio podcast as well. Um, so one quick update here is that Drew, Drew is no longer our customer care manager. Uh, don't know how many of you knew that. Um, he's been doing that for what, six and a half years? It's been a while. At this point? It's been a while, but I have uh, no more managing happening in my day to day, but uh, hopefully That's I'll right. be able to just, help out this guy a little bit more. Just managing yourself is enough. Let's be it real. It really is. It uh, really is. I don't know how you've done it for so long. I don't know either. Um, but, you know, the truth is, uh, Drew has moved to a new position as our, what we call our product ambassador. Uh, so basically, Drew has a wealth of product knowledge. He's also got some. Uh, personality, and he's got some uh, video capabilities as well. So he's going to be, um, you know, working closer with me, helping produce content, as you've probably already seen in the last six, eight months. Um, he's going to be stepping more into that. So pretty exciting. Um, sad to lose him on one part of the team, but exciting to see him in this new role. So congrats on that, Drew. No problem. I don't think I'm ever going to actually peak any higher than my first video at the Goulet Pen Company. Do you remember that one? Your first video? Oh, when gosh. I was when no, I was I when know. I was first featured on video, back in the garage, I literally don't remember. You literally recorded a video Drew. saying, "Hey, here's Drew," and it was just me waving, and then it cut away that's from me right. after like twelve seconds. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Oh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> that's a good. One. We'll have to dig that one up. We'll have to dig that one up. Um, but yeah, so obviously you've done quite a bit more now and uh, excited to have you on here. So, I mean, basically what this show came out of was we did some some email surveys. We did a survey on YouTube early last year. This was like before COVID hit. Um, and basically you all said, you know, we like certain elements of Q&A. We like certain elements of the right time. You know, can we kind of pick and choose what we want? And we were like, all right, we'll try it. So we have to kind of mix all that together into like what we feel is practical that we can still produce because uh, COVID life has been hard. We're still working, you know, partially remote. Drew's there in the office right now. I'm at home. You know, most of our team is working remotely. We have some people on site, but it's it's a blended thing. And we don't yet know as of what, April 2021, when this is published, uh, what's going to happen in the future. But, you know, vaccines are out. We're optimistic, but who knows? Leaving room to be surprised. So we thought, let's just go ahead and try doing this format with whatever we can. <laughs> so and we've we got some segments that we've done in Q&A, a few different things in right now. We're going to just throw some stuff at you. And if you like it, let us know. If you don't like it, let us know. If there's something that you've seen in the past, let us know about that. Like Brian said, we're going to be building this thing as we go, including the name. If you have any suggestions there, we yeah. are 100% ears. Like literally yeah. all of us are ears quite yeah. disturbing to look at we thought about we thought about maybe calling it right time because you know that's what we used to call our live that's show, a thing that's kind of that's a contender we thought about calling it the goulet pens show because that makes sense on youtube or like in a podcast format but then pen show we think of like a physical show where you like go and meet people and buy pens and it's like no we don't want that to be confusing nah. in the pen world so we don't know we don't know thought about but anyway cast give us feet pen cast that's another option so let us know what you think We'd love some ideas. So, um, yeah, we're going to get into it. We've got ideas for like different segments, fun challenges, maybe some guests and stuff like that that we can have on as the show goes on. But uh, 
you know, for today, it's just me and Drew. So uh, with that said, Drew, what have you kind of personally been up to recently? Uh, well, I mean, I don't know, recently or like the whole since we've really been chatting about nonsense on camera. I don't know. I mean, I won't we won't we won't stick re- to more. Recent, yeah, we won't rehash 2020. Recently. But I will say that, you know, as if I needed more collecting, uh, I have gone down a couple different rabbit holes. I've been collecting more retro video games off eBay, which prices are insane, by the way. Like people are paying insane amount, I guess because everybody's at home. So people are just like deciding to mm. buy old Super Nintendo games. And I am one of those schmucks who is waste, <laughs> wasting their the money on them. There, well, you know what? I've <laughs> scaled back because I've been collecting for about 10 years now and I haven't uh, bought as much because prices have been absolutely insane. Um, so I've been doing that. I got into coins. Uh, so I've been doing that too on eBay. Um, fel- coins. 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 Coins, collecting coins. I just, apparently I'm just... I'm like, 85 now. Like doubloons? So I have... Like vintage coins? No, I don't have a doubloon. I have a. I have two Spanish reals, a four and an eight. Uh, no, a two and a four real. Um, but yeah, I don't know. So that's another thing I'm I'm down the rabbit hole on. And then most recently, I really got into gardening. And by I mean getting into gardening, like watching a lot of YouTube videos on gardening and buying unnecessary things for gardening and... My wife is so very what you're patient. Say, what you're saying is you're basically doing what everybody does with fountain pens, but with other well, various random hobbies. I, I would say that most people who are super fountain pen nerds are not just nerds about fountain pens. There are other things. Like, there's always something else. Yeah. Always. Oh, that's definitely the case. Oh, yeah. I mean, for sure. For sure, that's where I'm at. Yeah, too. yeah. Who, who, You've been who, doing some kayaking who, too, right? You've yes. The, yeah, I, got, I got back in the water. Got back in the water last weekend. Me and my brothers went on the James River here in Richmond paddled uh, upstream for about an hour and then floated back for about an hour it was perfect weather very very nice it was nice, nice to get the boats nice. back in the uh back in the water it's been 2020 was the first year in the last eight that i have not done any kayaking and it was sad but drew you had all this spare time <sighs> i know but it, it, my wife doesn't like it when i go by myself so it needs to be semi-social uh. Uh, but well, uh, that would do it. Yeah, I don't know if you know this, Brian, but I have a great strategy for staying out of the sun. Because you know, I'm not a very much of an outside person, but I do like no. kayaking. You're basically like Gollum from my, Lord of the Rings. Right. I'm, I'm right. convinced your skin's going to turn translucent. Right. Soon. But my strategy, Brian, for kayaking is to kayak fully dressed. So I'm talking long sleeve, long pants, hiking boots, gloves, big hat. So I mean, yeah. dermatologists are probably like jumping up and down right now. Right, that's you know, pretty welcome. much what they recommend for everyone. I mean, you know. What I'm, about you? What, what you got way. going on? I know you have like a big pile of wood Me? in your office. You've been uh, chopping up anything. <laughs> I've been doing some woodworking. Yeah, I've uh, you know, like you, I've been spending time outside. I uh, I got a mountain bike last year. I used to do mountain biking in college, not aggressively, just you know, for transportation really. Um, yeah, so I have I have a little plot of land here with some woods. So I've been cutting trails in my woods just as like kind of therapy, getting outdoors, getting exercise. And then I've been cutting like some mountain bike trails. Are you so screaming? Like you, been, are you screaming while you're chopping down these trees? Is it that kind of therapy or is it like Um, sometimes, oh. yes. I'm actually not joking. I was splitting some logs yesterday and it was it was pretty fantastic. I I'm mean, sure the neighbors are yelling, terrified. Sweating. Yeah, maybe, but I live in the country and <laughs> You know, I'm probably one of the less suspicious people around here in terms of my <laughs> outdoor activities. Uh, you know, it's all good. Um, but yeah, that's been a good exercise. Again, like you, I've been obsessing on videos on YouTube, like Burn Peak and other people that are like cutting mountain bike trails in their woods. And I'm like, oh, I really need a whatever kind of, I'm, I'm a cloud. I really need a McLeod. Like, what the heck is that? It's a random tool that you use for trail cutting. So things like that, I've been doing that just for exercise. I've also been like reorganizing stuff in our house. As you know, like anybody who's been working from home, you're just like, oh, my kids are at home. I'm at home. We're at home all the time. You know, do we really need our china in this like, you know, closet that's right off of our bedroom? Or could I go put this in the shed? So things like that, just reevaluating all my life choices. (laughs) Why do we even have china? You can't put it in the dishwasher and we have to wash it by hand. So we never use it. Yeah. But we, Rachel and I got married at a time when china was more of a thing. And now we're both like, why do we have this stuff? We never want to use it. We all never entertain people. <laughs> so it's like, anyway, yeah, so we've been doing that. And then just like stuff going on in the company. So obviously we've got this new show format. We've been trying to publish more videos. We've been very kind of guerrilla style with our videos, doing a lot of stuff with like cell phones and stuff like that. But we yeah, are going to step that up shots. just a little bit. 
Lots of Drew. Yes. Yeah. I am me and you are you. I like your little catchphrase there. <laughs> but um, let's see here. This day that we're launching this, April 2nd, we got a half day for some mental health for our team. Our team has been working really hard, feeling kind of burned out. These like half days we've been taking have been really important for us as a whole company. So we've been doing that. Um, we've also had some other stuff. We've had uh, a recent increase in the prices of our ink samples. Um, we just did some math and, uh, you know, we have not raised our ink sample prices since we implemented them 11 years ago. <laughs> and we just did the math and it was like our costs and raw materials and stuff like that have gone up. We had to pass that on just a little bit. I'm very sorry to have to do that, but that's just reality. Um, and then uh, we also had a, an update on some Goulet nibs. So um, Yovo, especially with COVID and stuff, they've had some serious disruptions to their supplies. So because of that, they are no longer going to be able to offer black nibs. So I know we still have a little bit of them. I think we're getting maybe one or two more shipments. Um, but after that, they're going to discontinue black nibs basically for not just for us, but for pretty much anybody that uses Yovo that we know of, like the stock Yovo nibs that we, you know, we basically buy them and put our, put our logo on them. So that's going to be going away. They're also changing the design of them. They're getting rid of like the little swirly, like kind of curly cues that are on there. Yeah. And they're going with just like more of a plain look. They'll still have like the line that's on them. Um, and then they're to get, they've good, they've already done away with the two tone. So they're just all gold plated now instead of that two tone look. So they've had to streamline yeah. some things. None of it's been our choice. We've just had to kind of like, all right, well, this is what they offer, so we have to make the transition. Yeah, and That's going to be happening. If you've ever seen Yovo's gold nibs, they look like that because the gold nibs don't have the florally, mm -hmm. flourishy things going on. They're just that. There's just a line that goes up to the slit in the, the cut in the tines and then kind of tapers yeah. off. So they're going to look like that, which is nice. I like the more simplistic mm -hmm. look. It looks more modern. Yeah. Uh, Brian, do you know so if like, so the stock Yovo nibs are no longer going to be available in black? Does that mean that companies that get, you know, custom engravings and stuff like that, like Yaffa, you know, Monteverde Conklin, or, you know, even Franklin Christoph or Edison, are they going to see the same thing happen? That's a, that's a great question. I can't answer that like definitively because I know that the way that Yovo works is they have essentially they have like stock nibs that they make, which is what smaller suppliers like us will do. We're still, a, we're a pretty small fish in the grand scheme of things um, versus somebody who's like a pen company that's selling globally. You know, they're buying much more. Um, so I, I think it's probably going to depend. The stock nibs like ours are probably going to end up going away. I don't know what's going to happen with larger companies that have like their stamped logos, not the laser engraved, but the stamped ones. It's possible they could still be done or it's possible that there could be individual companies that outsource like, you know, black oxide or something like that outside of Yovo and they could have them done on their own. I don't know. So you'll probably start to see some go away and maybe some still available, but it's going to be something that happens over time. Probably over the mid 2021, you're going to start to see more Yovo black nibs going away. It's possible they could link up with somebody and start to offer them again in the future. It's hard to say, um, but we just know as of right now, we're not going to have them for the foreseeable future. Once Shame. we run out. That's like a officially. bummer. Yeah, it's... It's kind of a bummer, but you know what? This is just like the story of everything we're dealing with right now. You know, there's supply issues, there's labor issues, you know, availability, shipping. It's all kinds of stuff that has been the saga over the last year with uh, this whole COVID thing. Um, so uh, what's on your desk, Drew? Because I know we're testing products, we're using things. I'm curious what you have yeah, well, uh, your hands on right now. This week, I didn't do any videos, um, but I did, uh, I still do have the... Um the new-ish Noodlers um, anti-feather blue. So oh, yeah. I say new-ish because this this has been around for a while, but I, it hasn't really been. Um, yeah, it was it was introduced at a pen show yeah. and then it kind of became available. So it's, it's also known as uh, X-feather blue. It's also known as anti-fascist blue. Yeah. You, go, you can hear them called any of those things. Um, and yeah. it's all the same ink that we're talking about. So it's got Mr. Churchill here with... Uh, We've got a Tommy gun with a drum clip and then a Tommy gun with just a straight clip. So, you know, variety there on the submachine guns. Get your, get and your choices. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's uh, more or less X feather blue, which is what we're calling it because that's what, you know, you know, uh, I think folks are going to be comparing it to the most. It makes sense. And yeah. yeah, I mean the the classic the classic X feather black. I mean that's been a staple Noodler's color ever since we carried the brand. You know, ten years ago. Um, so I think you know going with the name for us, we you know they, all the names are being used interchangeably. So we went with X feather just because we felt like that was the one that was most continuous with the existing color. Um, it is interesting though, you know, just given the political climate of where things are, you know, having names that are politically charged. Which look, you know, Nathan power to him. He he likes to theme his inks with. Um, you know, topical 
uh, yeah, you know, political political themes, whether you agree with him or not. I mean, That's I don't think anybody's going to disagree. No, no one's going to disagree that Winston Churchill was not anti-fascist. So we'll just leave it at that. Right. right. That's a fact. It's, we're going to say that it's, that, it's that is an interesting conversation beyond that. And we're like, let's let's not go there. Was please, Winston no. Churchill against fascism? <laughs> yes, he he was the end. He, he's on the say. ink. That's going to be that. So I also have this really cool pen case. I don't know if you've seen these, Brian, but, uh, you know, these are being mm. exclusively, exclusively sold at the Goulet Pen Company. It's very, very nice. Um, well, hey there. Hey, mm. I've got some stuff in here. Um, I actually have more pens inked up right now than I normally do. I've got five inked up. Five? Um, yeah. So, wow. I can't remember the last time I only had I five pens inked up. Probably the very first day that I received any fountain pens. Oh, normally that it's three for time. me. Normally it's three for me. I can't, yeah. man. I don't even know. I, I, I easily have thirty pens that probably need to be cleaned right now. See, that's why I don't do that easily. because I do not like cleaning pens. So, but yeah, um, well, neither do I. That's why I just ink new ones. Yeah, I brought out. I brought out the old Visconti Pollard Willows. You remember this guy? I do remember. Oh that. man, yeah. that's a lovely pen. I've been. I've been enjoying that that's one. Pretty. Have man, you seen you Cherry picked a really good one too? Yeah. I remember that. You like went back on the show. This. This is a little like inside perk that you get if you yeah. work at Gooley Pens. I if did. There's a, if there's a pen with like different designs on it, you know, sometimes our team does go back there and check. I, 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 I went want. through. I went through at least five of those. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. That was a while ago, man. Wow. It was. Yeah, we were definitely in the old space for sure. And then yeah. honestly, the Pollard Willows hasn't been available in a while either. Not for some time, years. Yeah. Yeah. And I got this cool rickshaw case. Um, this is Harris mm. Tweed, which is twice as expensive as the normal cases, but I needed to have at least one. Um, and Harris Tweed is a thing. Like, Drew had to educate me on this because he, I mean, he's, a, he's, I only more, know, he's more proper than I am. I was like, what does that mean? I only know what Mark Dwight put on his Instagram, but it's interesting. It, like, it, to be certified as Harris Tweed, you basically need to have a whole list of things checked off. And then they're like, yes, you you are authorized like to have... It's a very specific It's a very type of tweet. Yeah. He's come from like yeah. a certain yeah. hair on a certain sheep on a certain time of day no not really but yeah it's like um, it's like champagne it like has to come yes like from a actually certain place a certain way yeah that's actually accurate yeah that's a pretty mm-hmm. that's a really good way to describe it there you go and what scotch are, like scotch has to come from mm-hmm. yes yeah, right? very similar it's what are you writing with right thing? now yeah um i've actually been writing with my lami 2000 so i mean maybe not the most exciting thing because it's it's an old staple it's one of my favorites but i've i've um actually drew i have been bullet journaling um, I've done it like to test it and just get what? to know it and all that kind of stuff. And like, I know Ryder Carroll and him and I have talked about it all the time, but like, I haven't actually legitimately sat down personally and tried to like incorporate a bullet journal into my life with valiant effort before, uh, last week, basically. So I'm doing that now. I have the bullet journal. I have the blue one because I already had it in my desk and I was like, whatever, I'm just going to go do it. I think I also have a teal and a black one that I've used for non-bullet journaling purposes. But uh, I like it because it's got the key in the front. I have Rider's app. I have the book. I have all the tools. There's no question about that. I'm just actually trying it. So we'll see. I've tried many different productivity methods. And uh, so far, it's not like I'm not trying to capture everything in my life in this book. But I like sometimes it helps me to like brainstorm and just write things down. And I'm like, I'm a serial notebook user. And you can probably relate maybe to this, Drew. Certainly many of our audience can. But I have... I don't know, pretty much probably at least a dozen or a dozen and a half different notebooks that I'm writing in at any given time. I forget what's in each of them. I pick them up in various places, leave them in various places. (laughs) It's kind of a mess. So it ends up being where I kind of just like clear my thoughts and dump it out of my head into the notebook. And then I to go back and reference it is is never been very effective for yeah, me. Yeah, so same I, here. I've I've been just a serial Rhodia pad note taker. So and I've never committed to mm-hmm. a journal journal up until now. I actually yeah. um I was I was given a uh uncharted four notebook by uh, one pen man Roy. Um and uh I've used it as a gardening journal so that I've got like Did you say pen man pen man Roy. Well, is that what you, you know, said? he's 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 not a juvenile. <laughs> Um, I mean, he calls himself <laughs> boy. <laughs> yes, but I do, I have like a whole um, I have like a whole uh, whoop, where is it like a a table on when to plant certain vegetables, when to indoor plant them, when to outdoor direct sow them, and 
I'm, I'm finding this handy. However, I do sometimes wish I had something more like the Leuchtturm because uh, the numbered pages and the table of contents are not there. So I don't really know where to reference. Hmm. But still, it's more journaling than I've ever done. Well, and, and you and I, we did not like plan this for this video either. We legitimately both recently got into this because of actual legitimate needs. Just so randomly, cool. yeah. There's hope for us all. Like we've been in this for a long time and are just starting to try to get our act together. But hey, you know, it's all about finding whatever system works for you. Yep. Um, yeah, and then obviously we've been playing with some new stuff too. So I wanted to separate out like what's some of the stuff that we've been using personally as well as stuff we've been playing with kind of like for the business, right? This would be so, like the, the part where like yeah. there would be some really radio soundy sound by like new stuff. Yeah, there you go. I think, I think we need to have you as the sound effects guy. Yeah. <laughs> Like, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm thinking of, uh, 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 what is it from Parks and Rec? Dang it. What is it? Um, the guy and the douche. Crazy, the, the, crazy, crazy Ira. Crazy Ira and the douche. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, yeah, They're no, we don't need that. No, that's okay. Um, um, so yeah, I've been playing with a couple different things. So I have, um, well, you got to see this, Drew. This is the Twisby Draco. I did. I have it right um, now. So Drew, Drew got to inspect it. So we're recording this on Wednesday afternoon. And my apologies if you're hearing the rain outside because it is like torrentially raining where I am. And I also had to turn up my light because like the sun completely went away. It's, so, it's okay over here. Just a little it, fun it did behind the, the scenes facts. I think it did all the raining over here already. Yeah, Brian, now, Brian but, FYI, I know you're at home and technically not in the office. Uh -huh. So what you do is your own business. But did you know that the Twisby Draco has an alarm saying that you cannot use it with alcohol. Like, do not drink alcohol and operate this pen. Oh, well, that's too bad for it me. Says, it I says alcohol, like to use no. pens when I'm drinking alcohol. I tell you, don't do it. <laughs> yeah, no alcohol, no acetone. Those will be bad things. Don't drink either of those. Um, I did have a customer back in the day, Drew, that uh, I think he actually sent me the pen. He used a Twisby Classic and uh, soaked the entire thing in denatured alcohol. It was a black Twisby Classic. It turned completely ghost white, became brittle and broke apart into like a hundred pieces. It was quite entertaining and sad. I am upset hearing um, that. Twisby Draco. So this is, uh, truth be told, we are recording this on Wednesday. That was the global launch. We didn't get them in time to meet the global launch. So we are going to be, or going to have been because we're, we're publishing this on Friday. This is like my old Q&A days where I'm like talking about things in the future, but it's actually in the past. Um, but anyway, so these might be gone by the time we actually publish this video. I don't know. Probably. They're limited edition. I don't know if we're getting a second shipment of them. It might be that what we get is what we get and that's it. So I don't know. We'll record it for posterity at least. But it's different looking Twisby. It's not just like a regular Twisby, you know, 580 or something where it's like mostly clear parts. It's like yeah. a, you know... Solid looking pen, but it's it got is a, the is a flecked resin. Yeah, but it's got an ink window. Mm -hmm. It's got rose gold trim. It's got the innards of, you know, essentially a 580 AL. Mm -hmm. So it's got aluminum insides. It's a very solid pen. This is the first time I've actually opened it up and held it in my hand. Yeah. All I've seen is like the same picture as everybody else has seen online. It's like but I've, I've held pens solid. like this that have been several times the price of this. Yeah. This is I mean, what is this one? Like one fifty, somewhere in that range. Yeah. It's not it's not your typical, like, you know, unbelievably inexpensive Twisby pen. No. It's a little more expensive, but for a piston filling pen like this, it's it's a uh, pretty darn good. Yeah. So yeah. Very intrigued by it. I uh would be interested to see if Twisby does more things like this. I don't know. We know very little other than uh, I think the pen's kinda cool. I think the pen is um, very cool. Yeah. Also been playing with the new Lamy All-Stars, which were announced earlier this week. So they're doing two of them this year. It's weird because normally they do the All-Stars in February and they do the Safaris in April. They switched it this year. Hmm. Keeping things interesting. Hmm. So the colors are Cosmic and Azure. So Cosmic is this gold looking one and Azure is the bluish silver looking one. Now the thing I'll say about these is they do look really similar to some existing pens that have come about before. 
I can't get into ink matching and stuff like that because I haven't really looked into it all that much. I plan to do a separate video on those before I send these back. These are samples, they are not mine, so they gotta go. But while I have them, I figured I might as well show what's going on. So with the uh, Cosmic, um, wanted to show some other pens that Lamy has done slash is doing. Um, so the one that is closest to, which is, I guess, these two, and I hope this comes across in video okay, but the Pearl is a special edition from 2013, which now feels like a million years ago. Um, very close to that, slightly more yellow, not quite as light colored as the Pearl. Um, I also have the Rose Gold here and then the Gold Lux. These are the Rose Gold and Gold Lux. Definitely not as yellow as the Gold Lux. Um, the Rose Gold has certainly got more of a pinkish hue to it, but it's kind of all in that family, right? So the one here all the way on the right um, with the cardboard ring, that's the special edition. So just so you can see what those look like. And then the Azure is more of a silver color. So I think it looks really close to silver blue, which is a special edition from a few years ago. So here's Azure, silver blue over here. Silver blue's got more of a kind of a purplish tone, like a little red undertone to it. Um, mm -hmm. And then you didn't notice it until it was next to the new you know, one. That's how it always is with these Lamy's. You like, you think one color is one thing and then they come out with another color and you're like, whoa, that pen is like totally purple. Um, I also have yeah. the Graphite uh, All-Star, which is <laughs> that one there. And then the Ruthenium Lux to compare them all. Sorry, my autofocus is really struggling with my face. I have it on like face detection, so I have to hide uh, so it doesn't pick up my eyes. I could, I could say <laughs> I also struggle with your face, but I'm not gonna say that, that would be rude. Well, that's fair because I did make fun of your face in several meetings earlier today. You did, you did, you've been merciful. I was digging hard on you earlier. But anyway, so <laughs> exciting new colors, you know, same, same nib, same filling mechanisms and stuff. So it's like, I'm gonna be honest with you, I'm getting to the point with these Lamy videos where I'm like, Here's another color. Like I don't know what new to say about these pens other than let me compare them to some other colors yeah. that have been done. So that's where we're at. I, when I was doing the, when I, when I was testing the um, anti-feather blue, I wanted to test a bunch of inks that I didn't think would uh, do well on, you know, not so great paper. And the first thing I reached for was a bunch of safaris and all-stars. Mm. So I've also been, uh, just because I have a bunch of them, and I've also been writing with these recently, and I just, I just, I don't often reach for the all stars, but man, they're fun pens. They are. They're delightful. And I've always loved them. I just, I they are, and I forget how delightful they are. But it got me thinking about these, uh, the um, pink and purple ones, because mm. the purple one for a while looked very purple to me, and then when the pink came out, it was like this doesn't even look purple at all. It looks it's like, like plum brown almost. <laughs> yeah. It's, right? It looked completely different. Exactly. Um, another, Weird. this is another Lamy. This one came out a little while ago, um, but the ion. So the ion doesn't always get a lot of love necessarily. It's, I think it's one of right. the more, you know, one of the more overlooked Lamy pens probably. Um, For but sure. the, the, the green one that just came out, nice dark green looks really good. So I have a bunch of other ions here. They got a nice like jewel tone kind of theme going on with the ions. I definitely dig that. So um, yeah, if you are interested in that, I think they've been pretty popular so far. It's got like a nice matte grip to it. Um, has a little bit of a rubbery kind of feel. I don't know, it's kind of nice. So if you're interested in the ions, we got those green ones too. That's been received pretty well so far. Um, what else we got new, Drew? Sailor came out with something new. Yeah, Habanero. Sailor came out with the uh, North American exclusive Too Hot Habanero, which is an orange pen. It's got opaque orange and transparent orange, you know. Um, so they kind of do that two-tone thing that they've been uh, doing pretty recently, which has always, you know, given gotten a good response. And it ha is the first one that I've seen. And I don't know, maybe they've done this before, but it's the first one I've seen where they replace the anchor finial on top of the cap with a different symbol. In this case, a, a, a hot pepper, not a habanero, but a hot pepper to, you know, complete the theming. But that's so cool. And I'm like, are they going to do that again? What else could they put on there? I'm super excited. I hope they do it more. Yeah, I agree. I think it makes me think of like old, old editions, like what could they have like if they could have done like a little broom or something for wicked witch of the west Ooh. or like a little skull and crossbones for the pirate's life how cool would have mm. that been cool would have that been how cool would that have been how cool would have that been <laughs> i like that drew how cool have that will have been yeah. i so i yeah I, th I thought that was a really neat neat uh drew neat i'm pen. gonna get i'm gonna get nitpicky on you here those were 19 those nits. were 1911s those were not pro gears so they didn't have any cabochons in the finial so oh, that's why they did. You're do right. Those. You're right. You know, 
This Dang, is a, a pro right. gear only thing. And this was yeah. a pro gear. It was a pro gear I've and a pro gear I've slim. You're right. Some different cabochons in the finials of pro gears like in japan exclusives but nothing all right what what word are you saying right cabochon. now cabochon did you just make that up no it's a word that's what the mm. that's what the round thing that's inset into the top of the, mm. fin- the finial is the whole like top part everything on above the clip you know that screws onto the top but the cabochon is the inset that has the pepper on it that's called a cabochon all right Brian. it's like c-a-b Oh gosh, C A B O C H O N. Oh, I may have totally butchered the spelling. Kaboot, kaboot. It looks like cabo, cabocon. Maybe some people call it cabochon. Cabochon. Kaboocon. It's probably different. A lot of different right. ways to pronounce it, but that's that's my understanding. All of right. What it is. Well, what about the uh, what about that um, what about the lighthouse one with the little clear finials? Or what does uh, the the great. If it's just a that clear, one, that yeah, one was a, a finial. I don't think I don't know if those have. They could have. They could have put stuff. They could have put something they don't on that. Put little, on the top. They don't. They could, but they don't. They don't have uh, to. All right. Either way, I want to see more because I like it. There you go. I like it too. Um, St. Dupont also came out with the Firehead Guilloche, um Line D, which those are always really neat to look at. And if you look at look the so Guilloche underneath the lacquer of ST DuPont pens and you really look at it, you can kind of get lost in it because it's really fascinating how many little tiny cuts and stuff in there. But the firehead are even more complex. There's these, all these little, like they're always geometric, but like waves or something like this. I've never seen them in pyramid shape before. So, uh, and it's actually been pretty popular. I'm, it's been received pretty well and I'm not surprised because it's a really fascinating looking pen. The closer you get to it, the more cool it gets. They're subtle. You know what I mean? Like they, they've been doing some brighter colors and things. I think, you know, SD DuPont is trying to, you know, they've been, they've been kind of a sleeper in the U S for the last 10 years um, because the previous distributor, Mm -hmm. The new distributor, Coles of London, also distributes Visconti. Um, I think they are, you know, really encouraging them to do some more interesting colors for the U.S. market. So that's why you're seeing some of these things come out, which is pretty exciting and gives us hope for what we might see from SU DuPont in the future. But, I mean, the the quality, the fit, like the snapping of the cap, it's pretty phenomenal. So, like, all the core quality things are there. They're just adding some of these like subtle design elements that I think people are starting to really appreciate. So it's interesting to see, and I'm glad glad it's being well received. Um, and yeah. I think earlier today, as we're recording this, did Rachel get you the pen when she stopped in earlier? The Black Marble Il Magnifico. No, <sighs> is it here? Yeah, it arrived earlier on Wednesday today. I will. It, did she leave it here? Because I will go find I it. No, it should be in the building somewhere. Um, but this was previously what was called, uh, up until like they changed the name a week ago, it was the Il Magnifico Nero. Now it's called the Il Magnifico Black Mar. Look, Drew's literally going to leave right in the middle of this and go get it. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I guess I'm flying solo now <laughs> until he gets back. Did you find it, Drew? Dang it. I thought it might have been out. I, I thought it might have been outside on the table. It's not. All right. If it was, I would have gone and got it. We'll throw up a picture. But anyway, um, this is the same. Uh, kind of thing for the Il Magnifico, uh, other marbles that we've had. The um, uh, the names are totally failing me. So the red good. one, green one, um, blue one, lapis lazuli. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. it looks so good though, man. It's really expensive, but it I looks know. amazing. The black one looks so hot. I know, like that. That's that's one of the only. You know, there's Visconti, and then the, that then there are those like obnoxious Viscontis, um, and we always like looking at them. But for me, I've never held one of those obnoxious Viscontis and like really sincerely wanted to have it. But the Il Magnifico, every single one they've done, I'm like, all right, this is crazy and insane and super heavy and not practical for my size hands, but I I sincerely want this in my life, yeah. like. It's- Oh my God. Pretty, pretty oh yeah, here we go. It's coming down now. Man. Oh, see, so it just stopped here. Oh it yeah. It just stopped. Look at that. Nope, I got This it. is really I weird us now. recording in two different places, but anyway. Um, all right, so this next section of what I want to get into in the video, um, I want this to, uh, well, two, there's two parts to it. We're going to do some like Q&A type questions. So we solicited some out on, uh, on Instagram through our stories um, that I've got to put up here. And then also I want to get feedback. Um, it's hard to get feedback. And yes, that is a pun on writing feedback, but also feedback about like, how are we doing in this show? What do you guys like about it? You know, what do you think about some of the things we've mentioned or talked about? Basically leave us comments and we'll talk about the feedback that we get on what we've talked about in previous shows 
we just can't do that on episode one because we've never had one of these shows before in this form. So um, just know that that'll be a thing. But anyway, we're going to answer some questions for you. So Drew, I'll let you kick off the first one. All right. Um, I hate to do this to you and like launch with like the hardest question, okay. but you know, let's just, let's just get into it. You're going to, you're going to be tossed into the deep end. I can see what the question Brian, is. Here, so yeah, go. Brian, the question mm. is, will the Q and a come back anytime soon? You know, I'm not sure I like answering questions in video form. I'm kind of over that no. at this point. No, shut it we down. We did 283 episodes. Shut it of down. Q and A in its previous mm-hmm. form. Something like 2,000 questions were answered. Probably over 2,000 questions. I lost count. I stopped tracking. It was a lot of things. We did it for seven and a half years, Drew. Um, so never again, huh? Yeah, I think I'm over it. But uh, <laughs> no, I mean, truth be told, we're going to try this video format. If this like accomplishes everything that like right now and right time and Q and A and all that kind of was great, we'll just do this. If it's not, and you're like, no, I want to sit there and only listen to Brian talk way too much about every question every week by himself, then I'll be like, okay, we can do Q&A again. But I think like the spirit of that, we want to answer questions. We want to do that. And again, this is episode one. We're, we're figuring this out. We might go heavier on questions. We might go lighter on questions. I don't know. We'll see based on your feedback. But basically, we like answering questions. We're going to keep doing that. But will Q&A in its previous form come back? Not immediately. I'm not going to say never because we could bring it back anytime if we wanted to we're the ones that make the rules so and basically if you watch it then we'll pretty much make it so <laughs> you really dictate yeah it. but you know we're taking a little yep. break seven and a half years of the same thing week after week that was a, that was a good run it was a good run had a little break a little covid break there will always be some form of us responding to questions yes. though and that came from Marcia Lomero on Instagram. So um, we'll go ahead and say people's names on Instagram because why not? Um, this came from Timozel G on Instagram. What are some deal breakers, pen deal breakers for you guys? So Drew, do you have any deal breakers other than like price, I guess? I mean, if something's too expensive, you're that's kind of a deal breaker, right? That one's kind of assumed. Um, but is there anything that you're like, no, I wouldn't even take that pen if it was given to me. I refuse. That's a tough one. Um, yeah, I I really cartridge only pens. I'm not a huge no? fan of. Like there are there are cartridge only pens that I have really liked. And mm. while I don't know if I consider that a deal breaker, I kind of have to call it a deal breaker because there have been cartridge only pens that I have not purchased because they were cartridge only. Mm. Probably there, it's not like a deal deal breaker in that. I would not want it if it was given to me for free, but I will say that like I've seen like more expensive cartridge only pens that were, you know, in the, you know, not more expensive, but like, you know, something that I can't just, you know, toss it like 75 to 150 in that range. If it's a cartridge only pen, I just, I can't pull the trigger on those. Fair enough. So that, that, that has been a thing for me. So what if it's eyedropper convertible, if it's cartridge, but you can eyedropper. No, dude, I do not mess with eyedroppers. No? more trouble than they're no no way more trouble than they're worth also now i will counter my own argument i actually don't have a problem with small ink capacities like cartridge size hmm. like you know pilot pilot like you know con 40 50 size i'm totally okay with those because i like to switch out my ink often hmm. so i do not need a large ink capacity because i do not have the patience for one ink color i don't even have a favorite ink i don't i like try try new stuff all the time like i don't even care i mean like, l, just l. l. Lawrence me was your jam for like a long time it was. Did it you was. Like, did you um, like but, get it all out of your system? Did you overdo it on L. Lawrence? And I don't think I overdid it, but it is. It doesn't dry quickly at mm, all. Yeah, and um, true. I started. I started using pens a little bit more practically, you know, and mm. uh, I needed something that dried a little bit quicker. Right now, I've got Lexington Gray in my two thousand, li- and that thing dries at the speed. I was of literally going to mention Lexington Gray. That is a fantastic ink. Yeah, I love that. That might be my new like go-to noodler's ink. It's mm. it's the one that lives in the in the two thousand now because L Lawrence used to be in the. In oh yeah, you 2K. rocked that for years, man. Years. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, me. One of the one of the few ink bottles I ever finished. Yeah, me deal breakers. Um, not really. I mean, I have a very unreasonably sized pen collection for a reason. I don't really have much uh, self-control in that respect. I I can pretty much (laughs) find the good in any pen. And no matter what it is, I mean, you've seen some of my pens, Drew. Some of them are U-G-L-Y and very impractical. Yes. I personally, because of the way that I use my pens, 
you know, with a pen, like, would I take every pen that I have carried around with it and write with it all the time? No, because some of them are way too heavy or big, or I just don't like them, or the grip is mm -hmm. weird for me, or whatever. But I like to have a very vast experience with different types of pens because I'm doing this type of stuff all the time and people ask me about them. So for me, even if it's a pen that I don't personally prefer, I like to have it, experience it, et cetera, so that I broaden my own knowledge. So that's kind of like a free pass of not having to make a decision on this question. Um, but That doesn't sound like you at I all. I know, right? But no, I will say in general, yeah. pens that I basically won't, won't really want to pick up and use are things with a really, really thin grip because I have big fingers, I have large hands. And when I have something that's too thin, my hand cramps up and I just don't really want to deal with it. So that's kind of a deal breaker for me. Um, I'm not a huge fan of really light pens because I am kind of hard on my pens sometimes. So I like things that are a little sturdier, a little more durable, um, you know, especially as a carry around pen. It's not a total deal breaker, but, uh, you know, it's more of like a gravitation. I go towards slightly heavier, slightly more durable pens. Um, but yeah, those are, those are, probably be most of them for me. I'm not a big fan of like sack or lever fillers either. You know, things with, you know, like that. The filling mechanism does make a difference for me, but you know, I'm not afraid to refill a cartridge with an ink syringe or, you know, do an eyedropper conversion or anything. I'm a little more open to that. Yeah. You know what? I say that, but literally the, the most recent pen I bought was a cartridge only pen. So <laughs> which one? I don't know what I'm talking about. Doing? Which one did you buy? It was my, th it was the 3d pen, the, this little 3d printed pen. Ah, okay. Not anything that we offer, um, but, you know. No, no, no. It's from Practical Pens on Instagram. Um, it's, ah, I'm going to drop it. Um, but it's this little nubbin that you just put into the uh, thing. So Don't ask us about uh, it. We don't sell it. We can't sell it. No, don't don't ask us about it. Um, You're going to learn right away, Drew. You don't the things. We can't sell them. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> mean. 50 requests for it, and sorry. everybody will want it because they can't have Oops. it. Oops. I'm just kidding. Um, sorry. Um, cool. Next question is an easy yeah. one. Uh, Jen Lapan, Jen LA Pan, I don't know, Jen Lapan says, yes, how do limited editions work? If a company numbers a pen out of 888, mm. is it 888 across all nib sizes? Great, yes. great question. Usually, usually, not always though. What? Yes, I will say. When has it not been no, across all no, nib sizes? Sometimes, sometimes companies will do... Um, they'll usually clarify it. Like it's usually made very clear. Um, I'll say most of the time it's the total number and it's across all, no, sorry, 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 sorry. Forgive me. Across nib sizes within fountain pens, yes. That is so far always the case that it's it inclusive of all nib sizes. What I was thinking of is sometimes they do rollerball and ballpoint as well. And sometimes they will include that in the total number. Oftentimes they'll have like, 888 fountain pens, but like 388 ballpoints or rollers or something like that. I know Visconti's done that. Oh, okay. So sorry, when I said nib sizes, I was thinking like writing like tip type. So that sometimes gets separated out, but not always. Sometimes that gets wrapped up into the total number and there's a blend somewhere of fountain pens versus rollers and pencils and other various things. It really... It's the Wild West. There's no like limited edition police that are like setting the standards for these types of things. So pretty much companies just kind of go with what the general understanding is in the pen community, which I think generally speaks to if there's 888, that means 888 pens total. Whatever breakdown of format that means is up to the discretion of the company. But yeah. yeah, you usually it is in total, and usually they group, um, you know, nib sizes too. Like maybe one through one hundred and fifty will be extra fine. One hundred and fifty yeah. through two hundred fifty will be fine. You know. Yeah, and we that's generally what I've. And we seen. have definitely gotten requests for like I want this number in abroad, and you're like that literally doesn't exist. We would have to like hack it and try to make that happen. And if it's a really expensive limited edition, we're not getting that many of these pens. This is globally, you know? So it's like, oftentimes that's why it's like, if you want a specific number, it's really hard to make that happen unless we're really able to move mountains. Um, or if the number, yep. the number is really small of how many pens there are, there might be more capability to get you a specific number, but with large ones that are all globally, it's kind of, we get what we get and we don't get upset as we tell our kids. All right, next question I have Drew is, how do you control your desire for acquisitions being surrounded by so many pens? This is by Asithbrid. 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 A-S-T hybrid. A-S-T hybrid. That makes more sense. 
I don't how know. do you control your desire for pens when you're around them all the time? You actually do a good job of this, Drew. I will admit. I've got an easy, easy, easy answer. Um, I have other obsessive hobbies that are cheaper. <laughs> so yours is more of a practical limitation. <laughs> it just kind of happened. Like if I like fountain pens are more are my more, most expensive hobby. Mm. So it has to. If you if you have a lot of obsessions, you know, like I said, you know, I've, I got this this. I, I, this, you know, a George V half crown from 1920 cost me like, you know, 20 bucks on eBay. So great. I can, that, that's fine. Um, so if I, basically I have those like $20 a pop hobbies. Now, if I did that with fountain pens, I would own a heck of a lot of Ecos. Um, but, uh, well, $30, but you get my point. So fountain pens, they they are acquired at a slower rate than I acquire things from my other random obsessions. Yeah, and I Brian does Brian just Brian's a mess. Yeah, not to say like I have more expensive hobbies, but like obviously, you know, Rachel and I own a fountain pen company, you know, so <laughs> we have a very vested interest in having a deep knowledge of all things fountain pen, so I have way more than the average fountain pen enthusiast, a lot of incentive to go deep, deep, deep into this hobby and acquire a ton of pens. So that said, now I do now, have to exercise self-control at some point because it becomes impractical to have so many pens at some point. I do have a question for you. Okay. Um, with the Draco, for instance, mm. like this one, you're hanging on to one of these for a lot of good yes. reasons. It's, it's a cool pen. Yeah. It's neat, but also it's going to, it's going to go quickly yeah. and it's something that you want to hang on to for posterity. Yeah. And you do, and you, you, you do pick up a lot of those. And I think that yeah. in those terms, you pick it up as the CEO of the Goulet pen company. Yeah. When have you, what was the last pen you can think of that? Like, regardless of whether or not, you know, you were in your position and trying to make sure that you can catalog things for future reference. Mm. What, what would you have picked that you just, I don't even care if this is for historical reference. I need this. Oh gosh. You know, that's actually the easier ones for me to resist. Probably because I, my curiosity and pen enthusiasm is so satiated with the pens that are cycling through our company on a regular basis. I'm not often mm. left pining for pens that are not coming through our doors. Um, Fair enough. So you've kind of got like a subscription service model or a leasing model. Uh, a little bit, yeah. I mean, because like it is... It, it reaches a point of just impracticality. Like, I, yeah. I, I actually have to like schedule time in my week to manage my pens. Like I have a spreadsheet. I have a cataloging system that I work with Jen, my assistant, um, to manage all these pens. I'm now managing them in multiple locations, which is a whole other thing. So there is like real actual work that's not so fun to manage pens at the point where I am now that somewhat acts yeah. as a deterrent. So like I keep that in the back of my mind when acquiring any new pen is like, do I really want to add to more management of these pens? I know this is like the most firstest world of problems in the entire history of humanity. Um, <laughs> but that is just where I'm at now at this point of having done this for more than 10 years. I've acquired a lot of pens. So I think now at this point, it's like, oh, this is really exciting. Do I really need it? Do I really need this one too? So I really weigh out like, what's the long-term benefit of me keeping this pen? Um, and is that going to be something that's going to like benefit our viewers, you know, members of our team, you know, because I'm kind of like, yes, it's my personal collection, but it's also like we reference them a lot, you know, for, for historical purposes, for videos, for things like that. So I kind of end up mm -hmm. having multiple uses for them. So it's pretty easy to justify what I bring in, but you know, I do draw the line sometimes. But yeah. like, yeah, no, I know. appreciate it. I, I ran in there and grabbed, grabbed a bunch, you know, at the beginning of the exactly. week. It was yeah. Because like, you never know, yeah. you never know what's going to be something that gets discontinued or goes away or what's going to end up being the first thing that sparks this whole new line of things. And you want to call back to the original, you know, that's kind of cool. Like for example, when the Safari, yeah, never, Safari Terra and, um, uh, Savannah came out earlier this year, I had an original, you know, not fountain pen version, but ballpoint and pencil version of that. And I was able to see like, how do the colors compare to the original? Like, I had to acquire those originals years ago for the hopes that one day they might bring those colors back out because I've been asking about it for like five years. They finally did it and it's like, Good call. boom, nailed it. And then I was able to use that in the video. So that's my, that's my justification. Good call. Yeah. All right. So 
impactful Adam on Instagram mm-hmm. asks, post post coronavirus, will there be a massive release of new pens and inks due to reopening? That's a good question, right? You would think because it's like, okay, the world's been disrupted. Is everybody just kind of like holding on to things and then the floodgates will open? Um, you know, it's hard to say because we're talking about like the entire industry here. I'm sure there will be pockets of there's there's probably companies that like have been sitting on ideas, sitting on stock. Once once they get things going again, you'll start to see a lot more coming. Um, I know that's going to be the case with probably some companies have been disrupted. Like, for example, say they've had like more quarantine restrictions in their country and their team has not been able to get there. Once they get there, they've got a whole slew of ideas and things that they've been working on that they can start to roll out. Industry wide, I would be kind of surprised if we saw this huge influx, mainly just because what we're seeing as this thing goes on and on, there's disruptions to many parts of the supply chain that are having this like you know, caterpillar kind of effect with different raw materials, things like nibs, the price of gold is spiked like crazy. Um, You're going to have various, you know, random suppliers, people who do electroplating, people that make clips, people that do packaging and stuff like that, that normally would be supplying that as the disruption has gone on, they haven't been able to get their normal supply. So they've got to source out new things. I think you're going to see over the long term, you're going to see things climb back up. And you may have certain companies that will come out with all kinds of stuff they've been sitting on. But I think industry wide, you're going to see this kind of a longer term disruption because, you know, there have been so many different parts of the whole supply chain that have been disrupted that it's not like magically everything gets fixed right away. And there's this huge like tsunami of products that come out. I think it's going to take a while to kind of like get it ramped back up. That's just my kind of feeling on it without having like anything official about it. Yeah, and I think that's the same way across the globe in any industry. You know, it's going to be a gradual return to the, you know, norm. And it's not like, you know, as you mentioned, everybody has been affected in different ways. Mm -hmm. So that person will recover at a different rate than the other person will recover, person meaning company. And then additionally, it's not like, these companies are just frozen in stasis waiting for the right moment to just boom, get right back into it. A lot of them have had to either lay off or furlough or scale back or cut down. Mm -hmm. So it's going to take every facility, every company time to scale back up. And it is going to be a very, very gradual process. Mm -hmm. So I hope that everybody can get back to where they were, you know, not just with the fountain pen industry, but, you know, worldwide. But I don't think that it's going to be a noticeable spike. I don't think, I think it's going to be so gradual. I don't think we're going to be able to feel it. Now, the thing I will say about that, I'm actually surprised we haven't seen more of a disruption than we've already seen. I mean, we've definitely seen disruptions with some companies like Twisby and Galen and Pelican and some other ones where it's like, you can tell there's just like, stock is just not coming out like it normally would um, for various reasons with all these different companies. Um, but I would, I would have thought we would have seen widespread disruptions with every brand. And some brands have not been disrupted that bad in the grand scheme of things. So I'm actually encouraged by how little disruption there has been given the circumstances where we've been in the last year. Um, But also, you know, everything I'm hearing from manufacturers to distributors and other retailers is the fountain pen interest is alive and well. People have rediscovered a passion for reconnecting with their own thoughts, reconnecting more intimately with others they care about in their lives, reconnecting with writing. So I'm actually encouraged for just kind of the state of fountain pen usage and writing in general as we kind of come out of all this, because it seems that it's been a nice solace for people to have when they're kind of stuck in their homes and stuff like that. So, oh, it's kind of cool. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. All right, Drew. So um, one of the kind of things that we may make a regular thing or maybe not, we'll try it, um, is for Drew to ask a random hypothetical question because he is often known for doing this and he often complains about how I try not to answer the hypotheticals or I try to break the question that he poses with not nonsense. I'll stop logic. complaining when you stop doing it. <laughs> Sounds good. So, Drew, right. what is your hypothetical? I'm going to give you. I'm, I'm going to give you an easy one this time. This isn't going to be like, hey, if you could fly or go underwater forever, what would you? This is going to be one you you're going to have a straight answer for. So, Brian Goulet, if you could bring a discontinued model of fountain pen back into production. What would it be? And it can be it can be from a brand that no longer exists, but it would only be this one pen. Oh gosh, this is a hard one. 
Are we suspending? I always have to ask Drew clarifying questions as well. Are we suspending it in time? Like if it's a pen that came out, is it like it comes out now, but it costs like adjusted for inflation? No, no, no. It, it would be the same, same pen, same price, same exact everything. Hmm. I have a couple of pens in mind, but I will narrow it down to one. I hope I think of the right one. I'll at least talk about the one that comes to mind. Again, I've not had a lot of time to think about this. Probably the Pilot M90. Uh, I don't know. Oh. The Miki Custom Impressions is really good too. Dang it. That's what that, that's what mine was oh, going to be. Oh man, that's such a good pen. That's what mine oh, was going to be. Yes, that's what mine was going to be. The M90 is so cool though. That integrated nib. Oh, that pen is so yeah. cool. I've been trying to ask Pilot to bring that back. I don't know if they ever will. I doubt it, but it's that was such a cool pen. Yeah. Um, the custom impressions was going to be mine. Um, I also thought about the, uh, the celluloid Delta Unica and the PTL 5000 a, <laughs> we, we have had the PTL 5000 a back and then it left again. Um, that was a cool yeah. pen, but that's not like all time for me. No, it's not number no. one. I mean, the, it's just, the Unica that was one cool, would be more like, that wasn't my all time either. Um, no, that, oh, those, those materials on the custom impressions, they are quite exceptional. I yes, really, they are. Really liked those. So what's it going to be? The M9, the M90 or the impressions? You know what? I'm going to go with the custom impressions just because it's the same yes. size and format of my beloved custom 74. The nib is fantastic on those pens. Well, there are uh, there are two of them, right? Are you talking about the you're you're talking about the cigar shape then, the smaller the one? Sm the cigar shape. The custom impressions, yeah. Yeah, cuz oh, that's cause, true cuz they did this the flat top one. The, one. I like that one too. Yeah. Ah, uh, cred. I don't know which one I would say. Either way, either way. No, you can say, you can top, say impressions. Really I think cool. that, yeah. I do like the flat top. I, I mean, say. if Pilot brought back a celluloid custom 74, that would be mind That would be awesome. I doubt they... You know. Good one. Well, hey, thank you for your straight answer, Brian. I tried. I really tried hard on that one, Drew. That was I'll good. I'll give an honorable mention to the Schaefer Snorkel just because it's so cool, but what? yeah. It's such a cool mechanism in that pen, but it's completely impractical and wouldn't work today. It's just too many repairs would be needed and no one could fix them, but it's a really cool pen. I like that I have one and I like that it existed at one time, but yeah, the custom impressions might have to do it for me. Very cool. All righty. Right. Well, thank you, sir. You're very welcome. So we would love for some feedback for you all for this show. Um, I don't know how long we'll typically try to go. We left a leisurely amount of time here, 45 minutes to an hour is something what we're shooting for. Maybe who knows? We would love to hear some commentary from you all about it. So please leave us comments um, on YouTube, especially, which is the mainstay of where this will be. But, you know, wherever you see it, leave us comments about the show. Um, you know, we're really curious to hear what you think. Check out GouletPens.com. That is our store. We have products. You can buy it them. Is. You are supporting us in that way uh, when you do that. Um, check out our YouTube. Check out our Instagram. That's mainly where we're hanging out these days. Um, we'd love to have, like, questions and feedback about the show so if we get good questions we can include it on the show um any potential names for the show since we didn't do our homework from properly name the show before we started recording it um also just like how often you would want to see us do it we talked about doing it weekly that seems ambitious but might be possible who knows but if you're like no i could really only handle you guys twice a month or once a month whatever let us know we would love to hear what you think um, and if you have ideas for like topics or future segments or things that you've entertaining things you've seen other people do, not even just fountain pen people, but just other people, you know, I've seen like meme reviews on YouTube and just like other things, entertaining things that you've seen people do in like podcast style shows like this, we can find inspiration and, and do that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, that would, that would be cool. So we're honored that you would spend time with us today. Um, we will leave you all with a, kind of like a writing prompt or maybe a, a social media prompt, maybe like physically writing something out with a pen, sharing it on social media if you want. Um, I won't give you a hashtag because we don't have a name for the show, but whatever, hashtag something. We'll let that come up organically. Um, but a writing prompt for you, three words that you really enjoy writing. It could be cursive or not. It doesn't have to be cursive. Um, so just three words that physically with your pen that you really enjoy writing. Would love to see what those are. I know, Drew, you've got some go-tos. What are some of your like go-to words for your testing pens? Yeah, see, I, I often find myself... Like, I love to say the word Sheboygan. I don't know why. I just like it. But so I so I often write that because it just it's always in my brain because it's a fun word to say. But actually writing it, the G and the Y being so close together mm. just gives me problems. Yeah. So I don't I don't like I don't I don't like it. So I find myself why I, I like the word bucket. Uh, I like writing bucket. bucket. That's a good yeah. one. Gr yeah, bu bucket. bucket's a good one. Um, bucket. 
uh, quite a few times. Grease? No, not grease bucket. Bacon it would probably bucket. be like waffle, waffle bucket. bucket. Usually I put food in the yeah. bucket. Yeah, burger bucket, waffle bucket, chicken bucket. Yeah, there yeah. You go. yeah. Buckets, buckets are good. And then, um, yeah, waffles, you know, breakfast food often pops into my mind. I'm hungry. Can we have breakfast? Yeah. What about you? Uh, with me, I, I feel under pressure. Like whenever I'm doing a video and I'm like trying to write out a writing sample, my brain freezes and all I can think to do is write the name of the pen or the ink that I'm using. And that's pretty much as creative as I get. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't know I actually recently- I love uppercase cursive L's. Those are some of my favorites. Uppercase cursive Ds, the big sweeping flowing kind of letters. Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of those. Um, so anything where I can incorporate those uh, is always a good time for me. And uh, my most hated word is community. I just, I completely lose track of how many mm. humps and swirls there are when writing in cursive. And it always just <laughs> ends up being just like this up and down thing with something crossed and some dotted things in there somewhere. Yeah, for for me, I don't like words like you know recessive or necessary. Anything oh, yeah. with like s's and c's, I'm like, stop it, just get out yeah. of here with that. Or like receive, marriage, these types of things. I I always get the i and the e's like mixed up and all that, and I end up like doing like just two of the same looking loops with a dot somewhere like in between them. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of funny. <laughs> as long as you yeah you yeah just just put the dot far away. If you put the dot far enough away from the word, it's always right. I need like an autocorrect for like my pen. You know what I mean? Like the struggle is real. But anyway, yeah, cool. Well, thank you all very much for joining us. Hope you uh, like the show. We will see you around the internet. Thank you so much for watching and right on.